These first few weeks, as I adjust to not only my new role in a new school with new grade levels, amidst a global pandemic that has forced us into remote learning only, have been a whirlwind to say the least. When I decided to pursue administration, I never once envisioned this. I never envisioned having to ask teachers to do so much in such a limited period of time with such limited resources and such limited answers. Hello and welcome to Moments of Inspiration, a podcast for educators by educators with the purpose of sharing what's right in the world for a change. So buckle up and come take a journey with us, because no matter where you are, we're on this road together. What you heard at the beginning of this episode was my colleague and friend, Dana Page, way back in September, discussing what the beginning of the school year was like for her in the midst of all that is going on. She and I have worked together in one capacity or another over the course of the last 12 years. When I met her, and for the majority of the time I've known her, she was one of the most popular and well-thought-of math teachers at Hunt High School in Wilson, North Carolina. She also taught IB psychology for a time, and she did some softball coaching. Suffice it to say, Dana was involved. Recently, she decided it was time to take the leap and move on to administration. As you will hear from her, the transition has been interesting and enlightening, and she has some great points to share. Molly, Stacy, and I reached out to her recently and asked her to discuss how things are going now and if anything has changed since her submission several weeks ago. We think you'll enjoy the conversation and hearing how things are progressing for Dana as the year unfolds. Hey everyone, this is Dana Page. I'm an assistant principal at an elementary school in Wilson County, North Carolina. Uh, This is my first year as an assistant principal and I'm coming out of the classroom with 12 years of experience teaching high school math and psychology. Um, Most of that teaching experience um, was also in Wilson County. However, I did spend a couple of years back home in Virginia Beach, Virginia, teaching math and psych there as well. But like I said, most of the time has been in Wilson County, North Carolina. So I've been asked to talk a little bit about my transition from classroom to office. And there's a couple of different facets that kind of come into play with that transition, especially this year. So the first one is, you know, transitioning from high school to elementary school, which is unique in its own sense. Also switching from teaching to administration. That's a huge transition, something I actually never thought that I would be interested in doing, but am loving so far. And then also doing those two things amidst a global pandemic with COVID-19. So there's kind of a lot going on and we're getting ready to bring students back this week, actually. And so, you know, a lot's changed since the beginning of the year. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about that process for me. You mentioned making the transition from high school teacher to administrator at the elementary level. I can imagine that was a big change in many ways. Tell us a little bit about your journey, if you would. So first of all, transitioning from high school to elementary school, I've noticed some major differences. Um, Number one, elementary school teachers are incredible. 
I felt very passionate about teaching high school age students, and I never really felt called to teach the littles. But um, to see that in action, especially given all the hardships that these teachers have been faced with this year, is pretty incredible. They work so hard and are so dedicated and innovative and creative. And high school teachers are as well, of course, but just in a different way. So the energy that I've seen and the optimism that I've seen at our school is pretty incredible. It's been a really positive experience moving from high school to elementary school, just because it's been very refreshing and different to me. So that's been really nice to see. Transitioning from a role of teacher to administration has also been really great for me. I'm a firm believer that things happen in the right time. I don't believe in my own timing. I think that things in my life has happened that way for a specific reason. And it's very evident to me that I made this transition at the right time in my life. I like to explain it kind of like when I'm, I'm not a parent, but I've always heard parents say when your kids grow up and they get, they're getting ready to go to college, they become like really irritable and there kind of becomes a rift between the parents and the kids because it's like, you know, the natural way of preparing for, you know, students leaving the nest. Well, I kind of feel that way about last year Um, my last year as a teacher. Not that I didn't have the passion for it. Of course, I still did. And I love my students, but just felt like a very natural progression for me where I felt ready to move on from the classroom. And a lot of people have asked me like, don't you miss teaching? Don't you miss the kids? And of course I do, but I'm still a teacher, right? I think that I developed this frame of reference that I'm now teaching teachers and doing professional development and leading teachers instructionally was something that I developed a passion for in the last couple of years. And so I'm excited to kind of implement that. It'll be interesting because my expertise is clearly in high school. And so I'm still kind of getting my bearings with the elementary school and learning the curriculum and different strategies that are developmentally appropriate for those students. But I'm really excited for that opportunity. I think one of the most important things I can do as an assistant principal is learn as much as I possibly can about all grade levels. And so this is my opportunity to do that. Do you think that having had the experience of emergency learning in the spring gave you a different perspective going in as an administrator? I actually sort of served as what seemed like tech support for the first couple of weeks of school. And I did have an advantage over, you know, maybe some other administrators in my situation in that I came out of the classroom so recently that I knew how to use all of these tools pretty well. I'm pretty technologically savvy. And so I think that was really beneficial when fielding like hundreds of phone calls the first couple of weeks about parents and grandparents and brothers and sisters trying to log students in and navigate through remote learning that was much different than in the spring. So that's been interesting as well. So can you give us a little bit more detail maybe about what some of those technology issues were that you guys are having and that you were able to help the students and the teachers with? A lot of it was just logging in and navigating the different platforms. So our K2 teachers are using Seesaw and our 3-5 teachers are using Google Classroom. I didn't have any experience with Seesaw other than my boyfriend's daughter actually uses it. So I've seen it, but I didn't really have any experience from a teacher's perspective. And so I had to get to know that. But I'm like I said before, I'm pretty comfortable with technology. It doesn't scare me. So I kind of just got in there and played around with it. Google Classroom, I'm very familiar with. I've been using that for years. And so I think that you know, that was kind of what we were doing a lot, just getting students and parents logged in and understanding where they could find their assignments, how to join live meetings, so on and so forth. 
We talked earlier about the optimism of the teachers at your school, even after the first few weeks, and the exhaustion they were feeling. How are they feeling now that we're headed towards Thanksgiving? Are they still optimistic, excited to have students come back face-to-face? Yes, the teachers are still optimistic. We just did a professional development on flipping the classroom last Friday, sharing with them more resources. Um, on how to, you know, use technology and integrate that into their everyday lives. Our expectation at our school is that we will not revert back to paper pencil just because the students are coming back into the building. So the teachers have become so knowledgeable about so many resources. They are much more willing to like bend and stretch their thinking and they're much more innovative now than they were before COVID. And so we don't want them to fall back into their old patterns of doing worksheets all day. So So the teachers have been very optimistic, even when there have been technological difficulties, and we have been providing them with more resources and ideas, and and they've been still excited about it. Um, Are there moments where they're stressed or tired or feel like they have more things to do than are possible? Yes, absolutely. We all kind of feel that way. But teachers love their students. That's why they become teachers. And elementary school teachers love kids, and that's why you know, they're going to be the best version of themselves every day. High school teachers sometimes love content. Uh, I was probably one of those people. I love teenagers, but I love math. Elementary school teachers love kids. And so they understand that this is a pivotal moment in these kids' lives. Some of these years and these concepts they're learning now, they cannot get back. There are critical periods in children's lives that if you miss them, they don't get that time back. And so I sent an email to the staff about a relation I made like between church and and school. It was kind of silly, but um, it meant a lot to me. At church a few weeks ago, they were talking about how um, there's a verse in the Bible that says, and I'm not getting religious on anybody here, but there's a verse in the Bible that says, you know, if people don't share Jesus, then there'll be a whole generation that doesn't know Jesus. Well, if teachers don't teach kids, we're going to have an entire generation of uneducated people. And so, you know, they take that very seriously because it is a very serious calling and important. And we can't have whole generations of people being uneducated in the future. (laughs) Anyways, they are still optimistic and they are excited. There's a lot of unknowns about students coming back this week. There's a lot of precautions and procedures that we have to follow and that we will follow that the district expects of us. And so there's a lot of unknowns because this is on uncharted waters here. We, we've never been in this situation before. Um, there's not a lot of districts that are doing plan A that we can kind of lean on. So there's a lot of unknowns for us. And so, of course, teachers are a bit nervous. Parents are a bit nervous. Kids are a bit nervous. But overall, Kids are going to be where they need to be, which is in the classroom, socializing with their peers, interacting with you know, their teachers and in safe and productive environments where they can learn and acquire the skills they need to move forward in their education. So I'm wondering if there are any particular stories that struck you about being a teacher, student, parent, and colleague during this time that you would like to share with us. Not like one particular story, but the teachers are so resilient and they're so patient. We had to give benchmarks really early in the year 
And I obviously am the testing coordinator. And so I was helping some of them log students into a platform they've never logged into before using some kind of complicated usernames and passwords that have been assigned to them. And it's really hard to teach you know, a third grader who's never logged into something, how to log into it. And so, you know, we're just navigating through this together. And I would jump into their Google meets and help them. And they never once got frustrated. They never once got short with the students. And and the students were so patient. That was another thing that really struck me. You know, they would just kind of quietly wait for the teacher or me to help the other students who couldn't get logged in. Um, They kind of just wait their turn and behaved really well. So there's a lot that struck me. I wouldn't say like one big aha moment, but just lots of perseverance and lots of diligence and lots of determination. And we have teachers, my school is out kind of in the country. So the internet is not great. And Wilson Technology Department, phenomenal. They have been out there all the time trying to make it as great as it can be. But it's just like I said, it's kind of in a rural area. And so we have teachers getting kicked out of their live meets like multiple times a day and they'll just do whatever it takes to get back in and and see those kids. And so their diligence and their perseverance is pretty incredible. What strategies related to remote learning do you either think or hope will translate over to -to face-to-face instruction as we move forward? So first of all, I really hope that, like I said earlier, the teachers won't revert back to their ways of not using the technology. We've proven that even kindergartners can log in and use Seesaw and make videos and post things to journals and, you know, even like type a little bit and draw a little bit on the computer. So I I know that the students need to write and learn that that ability and they need to read real books and they need to do all those things. But I'm very, very hopeful and optimistic that we've kind of COVID-19 has forced teachers to do what we've kind of been trying to encourage them to do the whole time, which is utilize these research-based practices and, and change the way we teach to really benefit our students and, and give them those 21st century skills that we've been talking about for 20 years now and they still don't have. So you know, we're, we're educating a new generation, a different kind of, of child, and we're um, teaching them for jobs that we don't even know exist yet. And so, you know, really rethinking the way we've done things for however many decades is going to, it has been really significant in my opinion. And I just hope that we don't lose any of that. In our school, the expectation is to continue using these resources. So I'm I'm optimistic about our school. Additionally, the independence the kids have developed. I mean, they've shown some real responsibility here. They've taken ownership of their own education and they've, you know, really done some incredible things and learned some incredible skills. And so I hope the teachers continue to give them that flexibility to to be independent and learn those things. Also, just the resilience and the innovative thinking that the teachers have had over the past several months, I really hope that that doesn't go away. I know they're tired. They really are. And it's like, I keep asking them to do more. And that is something that's hard for me because I know they're tired. I can tell I'm tired too, but they're like really tired. And so I'm just hopeful that they'll, they'll keep their optimistic attitude and, and that this just doesn't kind of overwhelm them at any point. Chris asked me about, uh, I used to do words of wisdom at Hunt High School, which is a high school I worked at. And basically it was just like a weekly email 
that was, you know, supposed to be kind of inspirational or motivating. Um, and it was part of our PBIS. And I got a lot of positive feedback at the high school from that. I love to write and I'm very wordy and they can be very long, but a lot of people would always respond and say that they really enjoyed those. So I've kind of carried that over. I've created a newsletter where I do a teacher feature and kind of explain what's going on. And then I've been doing a lot of positive posting on social media and things like that. Um, And I've been sending emails to specific teachers, thanking them for specific things. And they've been very receptive to that because teachers, often kind of get blanket praises. And it's just much more effective to reach out to them personally and recognize things that they've personally done. So I found that to be really effective. But an email that I sent recently was about, and this isn't an original idea, but I did it with a class one time. I um, gave everybody a sheet of paper and it was upside down. And when they come in, I tell them they have a pop quiz. And of course, they're all freaking out. And I tell them they don't flip over the paper until I tell them to. And so I kind of go one, two, three. When you're going to flip over the paper, you're not allowed to to ask any questions. You can't ask any questions. So then I count to three and I say, everybody flip the paper over. And the only thing on the paper is a single black dot. It's not necessarily in the center. It can kind of be anywhere. And I tell them they need to write as much as they can about that piece of paper for five minutes or however many minutes I give them. And depending on the grade level, I guess. And so, and they, you know, they're all flustered. They're like, what do you mean? What are we writing about? La, la, la. I'm just like, just write. You're not allowed to ask me any questions. And so as I read the responses five minutes later, I read some of them out loud. Every single one of those kids in that class wrote about the dot. I mean, some of them are more creative than others. Some of them called it like a black hole. Some of them called it a period. Some of them tried to tie it to math for me and say it was a decimal point. There was lots of different creative ideas, but almost all of them wrote just about the black dot, which was less than 1% of the piece of paper. And so I told the teachers that 2020 is like a black dot. And it can be really easy for us to get bogged down in all the things that have gone wrong and all the frustrations we have. But the other 99% of our paper is good. And um, my time as an educator, the first 12 years were incredible. And this year has been incredible. But when the teachers get frustrated or tired, it's really easy to dwell on that, you know, those small imperfections when in the grand scheme, like this too will pass, we'll be better for it. And there's a lot of light that we can focus on instead of the hardships. And so my hope is that our teachers continue to be that optimistic and know that we're going to move on from this. And if they can just endure it for a little bit longer and keep their optimism and positivity, that big things are going to happen. With students coming back to your school this week, what are you looking forward to the most? Um, just having them in the building. I I don't know them. So, I mean, one of the things I was very nervous about coming into elementary just because of my lack of experience in elementary, but I am, have been, and am still so excited about getting to know these kids and just working with them and talking to them and interacting with them and seeing them grow and change and learn. So that's what I'm most excited about. And again, like I said earlier, I'm, like incredibly excited to have students where I believe they need to be, which is, you know, interacting socially with one another and learning from their teachers in, you know, face-to-face environment. Well, Dana, we certainly thank you for your time and for sharing your experiences with us today. I can't think of any better way to wrap us up 
than to ask you to read the letter you wrote to the teachers at your school to help them reflect on this crazy time. You shared it in your original submission, and I believe it speaks volumes to how much you care about everyone you work with and to the type of person you are and the administrator you'll be. Dear teachers, one year from now, I pray that we have restored what we consider some normalcy in our lives. I hope we are able to see each other's smiles again. I hope we are able to socialize normally, break bread together, and hug one another again. I hope that our children are in our schools. I hope we are taking them on field trips and they are reading real books and playing on playgrounds. I hope they are even getting into a little bit of trouble and eating lunch together. But most of all, I hope that you, the teachers, remember how incredible you were at the beginning of this school year. The past few weeks, I've been mentally compiling a list of things that have completely blown me away, and I'd like to share them with you now so that next year you can look back at this message and be reminded of this time, where although you were challenged, you grew more than ever before in your life. So without further ado, I hope you remember the following 15 things. Number one, how patient you are despite all the technical issues you are facing. Number two, how open-minded you've been, no matter what has been asked of you. Number three, how happy you were to see your kids' faces for the first time, even if only on a Google Meet. Number four, how you've collaborated with your colleagues and worked together to make the most of each and every lesson. Number five, how you've learned how to teach everything from PE to music to art to math to reading to social studies, all online. Number six, how much time you've spent talking to and troubleshooting with not only parents, but grandparents and even siblings about technology issues. Number seven, how much time you've spent worrying about the well-being of your students. Number eight, how you've lifted each other up. Number nine, how you've made the most tremendous gains in technological savviness. Number 10, how you've provided support to your families 24 hours a day, even at the expense of your own family sometimes. Number 11, how you were able to reassure parents and students who were unsure about this whole process. Number 12, how you were able to help our community restore their faith in public education. Number 13, how optimistic you've remained. Number 14, how innovative you were when something did not work. And number 15, how you did not let challenges interfere with your love of and calling to be a teacher. So teachers, I hope you do get some rest on the weekends and don't forget all the things you've accomplished. Don't harp on the difficulties of this year. You are growing, you are thriving, you are making a difference just as you always have. I hope a year from now we all look back at least a little bit fondly on this period of growth in our lives. I hope we are just a little bit more appreciative of our maskless faces and face-to-face teaching and learning. I hope we are more patient with our troublemakers because we remember a time when we couldn't provide them with the discipline they so desperately crave. I hope instruction feels as easy as it's ever been because it's in person again. But most importantly, I hope you are proud of what you have accomplished and how much you have grown because you deserve that pride more than anyone right now. We might be distanced but we can still be social through the many channels available to us in this digital age. Moments of Inspiration launched with the idea of keeping us connected during these interesting times and telling stories from the classroom, whether they're remote, hybrid, or safely in person. 
After all, as Kate DiCamillo says, stories connect us. Thanks for listening, and please be on the lookout for our next episode coming soon. If you wish to contribute and share your story, please visit us at bit.ly forward slash all caps I-L-C-M-O-I. That's bit.ly forward slash all caps I-L-C-M-O-I. The Moments of Inspiration podcast was written, recorded, and produced by Molly Holloman, Stacy Lovedahl, and Chris Bennick. It is available on the following podcast platforms, Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and iHeartRadio, as well as through our website. The music in this episode was taken from YouTube Creator Studio and includes Rolling Heads by Unicorn Heads, Redwood by Kinkas Moreira, Credit Jam by Chris Bennick, Atlanta by Jingle Punk, and Dream Lagoon by Chris Hogan. We are so thankful that you have chosen to take the time to listen, and we look forward to hearing from you. Please consider subscribing and leave us some positive reviews. Now, come on, get your voice out there. Oh, moments of inspiration. Everybody's talking about it. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>